Hey, everybody. You guys awake? Look, I had to get up at 7.30 this morning. That was painful, okay? I'm not a morning person, but I was here, so you guys got to be awake. Good morning, everybody. Thank you. My name is Dennis. I'm one of the elders here at church. Uh, Pastor Allen will actually be back next Sunday. So he's uh, back very soon, if not already, from Israel, and he'll be back to his uh, normal routine. So this is actually my first Sunday that they've allowed me to preach at Cross Church. So if I mess up, it's okay. It's my first time. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible that Pastor Allen trusted me with this. So I will do my best to make sure that the message really gets across. So we're, we're chatting about listen. Listen to God is the message today. Uh, last or two weeks ago, Andrew was speaking, and he was talking about listen to others. It might be friends, family, parents, and, and how you can build those relationships and how God can use that to impact you. Uh, last week, Taryn was speaking about mentoring and mentors and how that can be so impactful and God can use that in your life to communicate to you. Today, we're talking directly about God speaking to you. And I'm going to be sharing a lot of personal examples about how God has spoken to me in, in many different manners and how it's really been transformational for my life. So I hope you get a lot out of that. So let's... Uh, See if this works. Hey, there we go. I'm pushing the wrong button. One more. Hey, there we go. So I kind of thought this was funny. I'm not making fun of anybody named Larry, but if we if we replace the word forgetful for listen. This really is a microcosm of our lives. Uh, I think we do a lot of um, kind of pretend we're listening, but we never actually really act on anything. And this really is, um, it's, it's a history of my life. Ask Sally, she'll tell you. Um, and it, it's, it's something that I, I think we all kind of go through, and we need to be able to move beyond that. So we're, we're talking about... Um, Listening to God. And Pastor Allen, the sermon series just before this, he was talking about remaining in the vine. Okay? And, and he was talking about this scripture here, John 15:10. When you obey my commands, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. See, Jesus really set the tone for listening to God. He was willing to do whatever it took. Now, there was a very detailed and elaborate plan that was put in place, and Jesus came and executed it. And today is Palm Sunday, and, and we, we often kind of blow by that, and, and what is it really all about? It's, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read through the whole scripture, but there it is, Matthew 21, 1 to 9. I'll give you my paraphrased version of it. Um, so Jesus knows that he is going to be going to Jerusalem, and he's going to be crucified. So he knows what's coming, and yet he willingly goes. So he's entering Jerusalem, and people have been following him, and they are waiting for this. They are waiting for the Savior that's going to take over. He's going to kick out the Romans, and he's going to rule. But this is not the plan that Jesus had. 
This is not the plan from the beginning that God put together. What happens is he's, he's with his disciples, and they're coming up to Jerusalem. And, and he's talking to his disciples and saying, hey, there's a, uh, in the next town, there's a donkey that has a colt. Can you guys go get them and bring them back? And, and by the way, if the owner says, hey, what are you doing? Don't worry, just tell them the Lord wants them. And they'll go, okay, that's cool. And the guys go and do it. And it actually happens exactly how Jesus said it was going to happen. And if we stop and think about that, so if I go, hey, Nick, so can you go get me a car on Alexander Avenue and just, just start knocking on doors and saying, yeah, Elder Dennis wants a car, so can you give me the keys and I'll go and bring it to them? Like, yeah, not going to happen. This was actually predicted many, many, many years in advance that this was going to happen. So if we look at Zechariah 9.9, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. This was written approximately 500 years prior to Jesus entering Jerusalem on a donkey. It was said what he was going to be riding on and where he's going. And this is exactly what happened. And this is why, to me, Scripture is absolute. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. It's spoken in the Old Testament, and it's, it's actually executed in the New Testament. Things that are still to come, I have absolute 100% faith that they are going to happen because this is not just one example. There's just one example of many, 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 many. So Jesus is telling them, go get the donkey. He rides a donkey. If he was there to conquer it and take over politically, he would have never ridden in on a donkey. He would have ridden in on a horse, a war horse, to take over, to say, I am the king and I am in authority. Instead, he comes in humbly. And that was his mechanism. He chose to come in as a humble king, a servant, and be able to impact us, not politically to take over Jerusalem, but to be able to take over and dominate our lives if we so choose to accept him. Okay? Very, very different perspective. So if we go a little bit beyond. Now, God is speaking to us. Jesus sets the example. He knows he's going to die, but he still goes willingly. This is now for us individually. And when Pastor Allen sent this scripture to me saying, hey, you can use this scripture, I was like, oh, yes. This is the scripture that is so, so important to me that I could probably stand up here for a couple of hours and just give you example, example, example of how God has impacted me. I'm not going to do that, but I'll give you some. So we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things. He planned for us long ago. God has a plan for each individual one of us. And he wants us to be able to execute that plan. He's got specific things lined up for Nick and Nick. Is there any other Nicks? Benigna, he's got a plan for you. Shelly, 
Doris, everybody. He's got a plan. And he, he said, here's specific things that I want you to accomplish. Now, you can say, yes, I'm willing to do it. Or you can say no. If you say yes and you do it, when you stand before God and give an account, because that will happen, you can hear, well done, good and faithful servant. If you choose to say no, he's going to say something like, I never knew you. And the result is going to be very, very bad. Every time we have something that God's given us to do, we can say yes or we can say no. And I just want to share some examples in my life of different things that that have happened that have taken me from a very bad place to where I am today where I'm 100% sold out serving God. See, I, I, I used to go to church all the time. And I, I, li- I didn't really look at it in the way I should be. I was a taker. I'd go to church, and it was, it was, I had to be getting something. And I remember in my 20s being so incredibly arrogant. I still, re- to this day, remember saying it and what the guy's response was. Um, I was telling this guy, I said, I really don't think that there's any value here for me because I know all this stuff already. Wow. When I was 20. Yeah, whatever. The guy responded, and, and it, it started me thinking in a different manner. He said, maybe there's somebody here who needs you. And it, it really made me take a step back because it, it shifted it. Instead of just being a taker, he was now telling me, Maybe you need to change things and be a giver. And it really made me change my thinking. It started me, took a while. Nothing in my life has ever happened fast. I don't learn quick. So it, it, was, it, was, it was a moment of, of incredible learning that, that God started to work in my life. And it still took a few more years. And, and I remember uh, going through a, a few things probably the most critical building block was I was in a sermon and the pastor was talking about tithing. And my mom's always been a tither. I've seen it, how, how it works and, and how, how her life, God's always provided. And, and I, I wasn't. And hearing the sermon saying in Malachi how if you don't give, you're actually stealing from God. And it was like, wow, okay, i got to think about that. And then actually going and reading the scripture for myself, I was like, wow, this is real. It's there. And I, and I really had to stop and think about what, what this was. And I started to make changes. I started to make changes where I started to give. And it was, it was that struggle of, okay, well, how much do I give, right? A tithe is 10%. Okay, was that 10% of what you get on your paycheck? Is that 10% of what the, what the total is before the government takes their money? And, and it really, it was the action. I needed to start. And when I started, it start, I, I, I started to see incredible things happen. You know, uh, I, was, I was actually talking to Don Davidson. He, we, we both worked at IBM. Uh, he's still there, I'm not. And I was telling him how... Uh, IBM was very, very cheap with raises. You might get like 1% if you're lucky. And 
I had a, a I was talking to uh, the CEO for the Winnipeg branch and explaining to him what, what my education was. He came up in conversation, and he goes, oh, hey, uh, how about moving to this position? And I said, yeah, sure, let's do it. And he goes, okay, with that comes a 25% raise. I was like, wow. You know, those kind of things started happening, and it was a key foundation for me to start to build off of. I still had a lot of learning to do, because... Pastor Allen really pounds away at the seven habits. And you might be tired of hearing about them, but they are absolutely necessary. Habit number one, reading your Bible and praying daily. It's something that I was not doing. And as a kid, I grew up with the King James Version. I don't know if you guys had that or not, but I didn't get it. I really didn't get it. And, and I just, I'd tried and I'd set it aside. And thank goodness there was an NIV version, new international version that came out that was actually more plain English. And it was like, wow, okay, this, this is starting to make sense to me now. And I, I was reading a little bit. And then I, uh, I got voluntold to do something. Has that ever happened to you? Somebody just volunteers you for something? And it may actually happen from your spouse. So... Yeah, it, it happened to me. So my wife, Sally, lovely lady, <laughs> she volunteered me to teach grade three and four boys club. So our church had boys and girls club, like we have here at Cross Church. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to do that. I didn't really want to, but I did it. It was something that came across my path. Was there anything wrong with it? No. No, of course not. And I, I, I got the curriculum. I remember seeing the curriculum and going, like, no, no boy is going to be interested in this. Because it was 100% designed for girls. There is a difference, right? Girls, boys, how they act. Boys have an attention span of about five seconds. And there is no way the boys are going to sit there for half an hour and listen to me talk through this. So I'm going, okay, what do I do? What do I do with this? And, and I, I started to realize, hey, I've, I've started to read the Bible. I'm starting to understand what, what God's telling me. And I, I, I started to take the lessons that God was teaching me and converted it to grade three and four boy curriculum and taught them what God was teaching me. And, and it, was, it was incredible to start to see some of these kids learn memory verses and, and actually engage and, and be a part of it. And, and it was just another stepping stone. The next thing that came along, I was still working at IBM. And over a period of a couple of months, there was about four or five people that approached me and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm actually interested in going to this church. I started going there. I was raised Catholic, and I don't really, didn't really see what was the point of that. And they started going to a church. But then when this same conversation starts happening with different people four and five times, I'm a little slow. took that long for me to really get, oh, God's telling me something here. And comes to mind, maybe I should start a Bible study. So I did. I started a Bible study at IBM. And it was, it was again, beyond my capability. I don't have a Bible school degree. And, and I, I just, I was looking, what am I going to be talking to these people about? So we sat down and we started to just read through a chapter and just discuss it. And then they started to ask me questions. 
because I'm the leader. And I'm going, I don't know. I guess I need to go find out. So that then prompted me to dig deeper into the Word. It was more than just my daily reading the Bible. It had to be more. I had to really go and dig and try to find some of these answers. Some of them were difficult questions that took me a while. And did I answer all of them perfectly? No. But, and I stop and think about that Bible study, and I go, was that, was that for them, or was that for me? And I, I really believe that it was, I, I don't, I'm not in touch with most of those people today. Might have one or two of them on Facebook, but that was for me. That was for me to gain confidence and to get my foundation in the Word established. So habit number one became a fixture in my life to be able to allow me to understand what God has in my, in my life for a purpose to be able to move forward. Um, there, there was a, a, a time uh, at the, my previous church, and they, we used to have, like, we've done them here a few times where it's like a Sunday night, have a, a prayer and worship night, and we were in one of those, and I, I'm sitting there, and, and I really felt prompted it's like, go pray for the pastor. I don't know, what, me? Just, just a guy. And I acted on it, and I went and prayed for him. And after I was done praying, he, he comes back and he goes, you know, I really needed that. And I was like, okay. All of these things started happening and building confidence and building that foundation to allow me to go do other things. Because I believe everything you do in your life is a building block for the next thing. If you've never seen any progress or transition through different building blocks that God's put in your life, you really need to start thinking about why. Maybe you're saying no too often. One of the biggest things that happened, I remember sitting in church and the pastor saying, hey, we're going to go on a missions trip. This was like 2002, quite a while ago. And they were going to go to Uganda, and they were going to work with an organization called Watoto. Some of you might be familiar with it. And I have never felt such an incredible compulsion to go and do something. And I remember in my younger years thinking, I'm not really passionate about anything until I started to really dig into the word. And then when this, this came along, and, and I, I remember going home and saying to Sally, it's like, this is, this is what I think I need to do. I need to go on this missions trip and just check it out. And I remember her saying, who am I to stand in your way if that's what God wants you to do? And I'm like, wow, you know, she's on side with me. And it, it, just, it, it just started to open up the door. And that trip, absolutely revolutionized my way of thinking of, of how I live my life in North America. And it, it really was the catalyst to start Village of Hope. It's that, that's when my brain started to think, okay, how do I do this? How, how do we start? Who do I work with? All these things. And, and what I have found is if God wants you to do something, he's going to give you the resources. He's going to give you the people. He's going to give you everything that you need to accomplish what he's put in front of you to do. All you need to do is start saying yes a little more. Because sometimes there are things that are put in your path, and it might be a friend as like the IBM thing, like 
people coming to me, hey, I'm looking to do a church and, or, or looking to start church and investigating Christianity. I could have said no and not started a Bible study. And what would have happened? Maybe nothing. Maybe I would still just be there. I could have not started tithing, which wouldn't have given the financial foundation to begin Village of Hope. There are so many things that I look back at those and I say, wow, all of these things have come into play. One of the, one of the big things that happened was uh, public speaking. Again, my days at IBM, there was a, a Toastmasters club. If you're not familiar with Toastmasters, it's a public speaking club to help people get better at public speaking. And that club started about six months before I joined it. And it ended about a year after I quit. Was that there for me? Yeah. Because they met at IBM, at lunch, in the building. If it had been in the evening, in another location, 100%, I would have said no. But I said yes. And it really helped me to hone my skills for public speaking. Because seriously... 10, 15 years ago, I would not be standing here. I'd have been the guy terrified and kind of knees shaking and not being able to be effective at communicating. And this is what God brought in my path to allow me to do this. It allowed me to communicate regarding Village of Hope. It allowed me to communicate. I've, I've preached many times in, in Burundi. And I can't even imagine that, like thinking how painful it was for me through high school and university to be able to do public speaking. It's like, wow, I'd rather have somebody poke my eye out than, than public speak. And yet now it's, it's something that I've worked at and it works okay. And, and I just see how that is all fit into God's plan to take me to the place where I am right now. And all it takes is saying yes to what God's got in store for you. Are you going to be doing this? God's got a plan for you. Now, you can take this message and you can walk out the door and do nothing. And your life will just carry on. No change. Or if you really want to see what God has in store for you, start making the appropriate changes. Being at church on Sunday to hear what, what Pastor Allen has to say to us, so important. There was a couple of very key messages that were transformational for me that, that really made the difference for me to be able to do what I do. Listening to others, listening to mentors, all the messages that we've had in this series, I can say those have all happened along the way for God to be able to speak to me and get going what I needed to get going to make Village of Hope happen. Because... On my own, I did not and still do not have the skill set to be able to make that happen. People look at me now and they go, wow, you know, it's been running for 10 years and it's grown and it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Well, understand, I'm just as amazed as most other people at, at how far that has come. I am astonished at what, where I was and where God has brought me to. And I'm, I know that there's still a lot more to come. No matter where you are in your life, there is still more. You will stop learning and growing when you stop breathing. When God says you're done, then you're done. Not when you say so. And, and we need to really understand that. Do you, do you guys remember the old uh, Nike slogan, just do it? Anybody remember that one? 
It's so appropriate for this. Just do it. We, we make all kinds of excuses. You know, habit number one. I, I remember when I first started reading the Bible, I would do it in the evening before I was going to go to bed. And, wow, okay, so maybe I went to see a movie and I got home late. And it's like, oh, I'm tired, let's go to bed. Maybe there is a family dinner. And it's like, okay, well, it didn't happen. I'll just go to bed. And what I found is more often than not, it just wasn't happening. So I needed to make a change. I, at the beginning, I said, I am not a morning person. So I'm a real estate agent. Nobody calls me at 8 a.m. for anything regarding real estate. But they do call me at 10 at night. So I'm a night hawk, but I made sure that when I get up in the morning, that's the thing that happens. There is nothing standing in the way of me really focusing on God. That becomes priority one to start my day with reading the Bible and praying. And being at church on Sunday is a huge priority for me. And those are foundational for me to be able to do the things that God's got for me to do. Because if I don't ever feed myself and learn and see what God's word says, I'm never really going to be able to move forward. I'm just going to stay where I am, and I'm going to miss out on maybe the the last half of my life of, of what God has for me. And it's the same for you. You need to make changes. Nothing happens unless you are willing to fully commit to something. You can sit in church and come every Sunday just like I did in my 20s and just kind of go, whatever, go home, nothing ever changes. But if you really want to seek and find out who God is and what God's plan is for your life and genuinely listen to God, you need to make real changes in your life. Because just doing the same old, same old is never going to be enough. You need to do more. You need to be looking to God. You need to be doing the things that he's asking you to do. And the only way you're going to find out what those things are is by actually being connected to God. And that is habit number one. So if you really want that transformation, be ready to make a commitment. I had no idea that I was going to be working in Burundi. I didn't even know what Burundi was until probably about 15 years ago. And today, I'll tell people what I'm doing, and they go, what's Burundi? Where's that? And it's like, yeah, I was in the same place. But now I know where it is, and I spend a lot of time there. This was not in my game plan. It was not there until God put it in my game plan because I was willing to start to take those steps and have those building blocks and see where he was going to take me. I, I, just, I think I've gotten an awesome seat to um, an amazing roller coaster ride. And it's, it has been absolutely amazing, and there's still so much more to come. You can jump on the roller coaster with me if you want. It's a very cool ride. So I just want to challenge you to think about where you are and think about the changes that you need to make in your life to see and hear, genuinely hear from God, listen to God, and see what he has in store for you. Let's stand. Father, just thank you so much that you've chosen us. You've made us your, your sons and daughters. And Lord, we are, we are looking to you for your direction and your guidance. I pray, Lord, that, that you would speak to each life here individually. And that they would, it would be so obvious to them that they can't turn away. Lord, I, I just pray that, that lives would be transformed because we start to really focus on you. 
Lord, and I, I pray that individually people would start to make that decision to really serve you with their life. Father, just thank you so much for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen.